welcome to the Digital Leader Talks podcast. And I'm your host, Sako Tevrainen. And today I have the honor to discuss with, until recently, Deputy Mayor of City of Helsinki and soon CEO of Helsinki Region Chamber of Commerce, Pia Pakarinen. It's great to have you on board. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here with you. We agreed that today we'll be discussing about participation, involvement, engagement, um, in, in, in Finnish terms, um, osallisuus uh, of people. Um, and it's super important for both politicians, but uh, perhaps even more so for businesses. Um, how do you view this theme? Well, I think it's a good theme because uh, participation and engagement of inhabitants belong to the responsibilities of the deputy mayors of city of Helsinki, which means that I have been dealing with this issue uh, or rather a challenge for the last few years. Uh, the traditional way of thinking in the cities has been that the communication goes to one direction only, down to people, And the ways of collecting feedback, let alone getting new ideas from inhabitants, have been quite rigid. And I wanted to change that a little bit. But it's it's tough work. <laughs> yeah, I can I can only imagine just thinking about the kind of like the organizational cultural elements when when an organization has got used to the idea of of operating in a particular model or, or, or way of ways of working, um, I think it will inevitably uh, take a bit of time uh, mm-hmm. before getting into the grips of of um, learning kind of how to operate in a, in a new manner. Uh, when starting as the deputy mayor a few years back, you created um, something I personally experienced and, and I followed closely, um, a Facebook group uh, with the name uh, Deputy Mayor's Open Group for Citizens of Helsinki. Um, when did you decide to create it? Um, did you seek out help in thinking about how to run it? Because I found that, um, well, from my personal point of view, a, a great success. Well, I decided to create the group right away when I was chosen to deputy mayor. I um, also started it the very first day as a deputy mayor, and I had kind of background for some kind of, of a similar because I had uh, also as a politician uh, gone to the schools and uh, where the people are uh, very often in the past, but I had this kind of urge to uh, try to find uh, some new ways of uh, being in cooperation with uh, the people and also um, the uh, personnel of, uh, of our division, which is 50,000, so very many. Uh, I did not seek any help since I knew that everybody would advise me not to do it. <laughs> and I was right because my colleagues thought that I was out of my mind when they heard about it. So uh, uh, I uh, answered all the questions myself. Uh, I didn't have any help in in running this group. Um, 
just thinking about what you just you know, said uh, leaves me uh, a man uh, at 41 years old, a little bit breathless because because that's a mammoth, how I see it, that's a mammoth task of communications. Um, how, what, did you have clear principles how to, how to be kind of like working your way through? Because of course, a lot of people get involved, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, the, you know, the locals, people living in the city of Helsinki, but I think also um, the employees of 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 uh, city of Helsinki, we're also quite keen on highlighting some pointers they've noticed in their lives uh, at work, uh, etc. Well, I'm kind of not a person of principles in that sense that I would uh, like to draw rigid lines how to operate. So I knew it would be uh, burdensome. I knew that there would be very many negative reactions, but. Um, I thought that I'll just do it. So <laughs> I'm a kind of a chomper to the cold water in that sense. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and really, um, just to kind of like um, share my perspective, if I tell, it, tell a brief story, um, um, how I can kind of like came to, and what was the value from my point of view as, as a, as a, uh, citizen of, of of Helsinki, I personally joined the group. Uh, I think at uh, at an early stage, something like th- three four years ago, and um, and 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 yeah, I was I was definitely overwhelmed um, with the activity uh, you were you were engaged in and uh, and answering you know a lot of questions and and etc. Um, now, the school that my son went to and and, and still goes to um, had some difficulty uh, with the very crude inner city yard um, with little to to do or play with uh, etc et and um, and and at the time um, the the class um, the parents and the children they were contemplating uh, on 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 taking part in a junior quiz show to gain money to repair that uh, inner city yard of, of a school uh, of a school, and and I thought about the budgetary process that the city has, and I didn't know much about kind of like you know whom to contact or anything. But because of that particular Facebook group you had created, um, I felt that you were easy to approach, and 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 then you know being in touch, kind of explaining that okay this is the case and etc. You encu- encouraged me to you know okay just come up with that particular case and email the Education Board of Helsinki, something that I might have not thought about uh, without the uh, communications. Um, and I think, um, you know, there, were, there are similar cases, similar stories that I've heard that people have become more aware how to influence or, or try to at least communicate with the decision makers. And, 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 and so it happened that the budgetary process had um, in in space uh, or, or plans of whatever ten schoolyards to be re- uh, renovated that particular year, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 that was you know of course lucky lucky timing and etc. But uh, but the school in the end happened to get the funding, and uh, and I'm eternally grateful for for the Facebook book group to 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 have that uh, opportunity then to to just to be informed about it and etc so so 
Um, well, from my side, a big thanks for setting it up, and uh, and and I, I suppose my interpretation of it all is that you know the participation and involvement is all about um, you know this type of um, communications that has taken place. The long story from my end, sorry about that, but uh, <laughs> but I thought that's uh, kind of like a, a useful example to 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 shed light on. Yeah, thank you. Nice to hear this. In fact, for effective participation, sometimes also a budget is needed. And uh, in City of Helsinki, we have launched a participatory budgeting, which means that there's a budget of uh, 4.4 million euros to implement residents' ideas every day. 4.4 million is, of course, just a tiny share of the city's overall budget, which is uh, more like 4.4 million but but still it's important. Uh, the case you mentioned was just financed from that budget, but it illustri- illustrates the idea that in order to get people involved, you also need sometimes resources, because if you just get good ideas from, from people, but you never can make them happen, it, it is rather not so encouraging for uh, them to get this, uh, to give these new ideas. But also, um, you mentioned one thing which is important, that it's very often not so easy to find the people to contact. Uh, the, the right people in the city, uh, there are almost 40,000 people working for the city. And very often I realize that the, the questions pe- people ask are uh, something that you could find from the, the net side of the city. But even for me, Uh, who is uh, all the time looking for answers in those pages, it's very difficult to find them. And also the authorities uh, don't use their own names. So just to find the contact person, it's very, very difficult in the city organization. And uh, that's why people contacted me, because it, I was like like a low barrier, <laughs> barrier uh, person to contact Yeah, there's um, there, I think the participatory uh, budget, uh, or whatever the, the official name of it is, is I think that's a great, uh, great uh, development, and uh, and I suppose there's always that question that um, you know will will the kind of like the uh, the budget of that particular sub budget you know become bigger and uh, and and you know and and etc but i think it's a, it's a you know kind of like a, a great start at least how how long has it been in place uh, this has been in place for um, two years actually this year we are giving uh, 8.8 million because we it, we can't kind of slipped one year in between so uh, actually three years now, but we are doing two years in a row because the ideas were so many <laughs> that uh, that it took some time to uh, kind of uh, research all of them and, and to make make the decisions which of them are can be realized by the city. Yeah. But three years. Sounds good. And, and I suppose... Um, Hearing the doubling of the figure, even though it might be just a temporary doubling because of of of, of um, one year being missed, but it's it's a bit of a sign to me that uh, mm. that the experience is 
haven't been bad with regards to that one. So, mm. so there's continuation with that um, mm. budget. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. But the, the problem when when it when uh, we talk about this kind of uh, participation is always that some people are very active, and um, you know most of the people are very passive. And uh, I think what we still lack are means to activate everyone to participate. But I think everyone is struggling with the same problem, <laughs> all the cities. I know that this participatory budgeting is also used, for instance, in in city of Paris. And uh, um, I heard a, a, represent, a presentation of their system and they have the same same challenges as we do. But for for the start, I think this has been a very good idea. Um, yeah, I can I can imagine it. It tends to be that uh, that uh, the people who know what's going on and etc. Of course, are the ones who are been very happy to then kind of like uh, use their initiative and etc. What's your word of advice uh, for fellow, um, say, novice, um, social media communicators, um, how to make more participation happen and, 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 and perhaps also uh, how to manage the personal use of time? I think what you shared just a, just a moment ago um, highlighted a, a very strong commitment to communicating in 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 the group um, can that done that can that be done at a little bit lower level or or does it require a, a very very high commitment uh, what do you think this is a good question because uh, being responsive in social media really takes a lot of time hours per day and if you start responding to the people you cannot give it up and you cannot avoid uh, subjects you feel uncomfortable with. So my first advice would be that think twice <laughs> what you are about to do. But if you decide to get active with the social media, do not get distressed with the negative feedback. You are bound to get lots of And um, it might also be advisable to set yourself limits that you honor yourself. So, for instance, sometimes it is just necessary to have some time off, at least for the weekend, and not be checking what is happening in the group. And when you have made the decision, then don't do it. And before going to bed, never check the social media, because uh, you might think that, okay, I'll answer to that in the morning, but then it keeps getting to your head and you don't get, get sleep. So so in a way, you have to make your limits yourself because uh, sometimes you get so much feedback that really, really you can't be in every place. And also many of the questions uh, are certain that, You can't answer them right away. You have to find the answers. In my case, in the in the city organization, then that also takes a lot of time. Sometimes just finding the right person you can ask 
that's the problem with the with the uh, the question makers also they haven't found in the city organization anyone to answer to the question and uh, since i'm available i also get uh, many questions that are not concerning my field of uh, responsibility uh, or knowledge so it it takes also a lot of time but um, i think i managed to kind of <laughs> master the situation quite well i sometimes i got distressed but not so much <laughs> That's that's great advice, I think, and, and I think even to the mundane um, social media user uh, like myself, um, uh, the, the advice not to check social media bef- just before going to bed is yeah. is a very sound sound one. Remembering too many times when some provocative text reading it has made my mind think, you know, at the time when I should be relaxing, etc. Um, question. Um, is there any any thoughts to kind of like uh, carry on or create similar new groups, or, or are you carrying on on your um, your uh, particular Facebook group um, after um, you uh, gave up the um, the deputy mayor's role? Yes, I have been just changing the name, so it's it's now. Uh... Uh, member of City Council PS group for everyone. So uh, I'm still answering the questions. Of course, now I don't have uh, 24-7 time to answer them. But also I think people have realized that and uh, it's gone quite well. Great to hear. Um, And now you are soon starting as the CEO of Helsinki Region Chamber of Commerce. Um, Are you thinking about applying similar mindset, new groups perhaps, uh, of online participation and engagement in this role? Well, the similar uh, mindset, yes. (laughs) But the members of Helsinki Region Chamber of Commerce are companies. And, uh, of course, we are these companies, their personnel, executives, managers, etc., so according to me, um, the most suitable channels to be in contact with the members is perhaps LinkedIn or Twitter. And I will probably be concentrating more on those channels. But uh, I think one of the reasons that uh, people or companies become members of uh, the chamber is that they want networking. And uh, what I would like to do is to find some new ways of networking to the Chamber of Commerce because um, that would be very interesting for our members. But also, I think, for me personally, uh, kind of uh, making new ways of of, uh, contacting the members would be very useful. Hmm. Makes sense, and I'm I'm sort of thinking about my past five years of somewhat uh, being active on on LinkedIn and, and other social media channels, and kind of like all the different networking activities that I've sort of experienced. That I think there is a lot of lot of opportunities. Um, I think that the, my my immediate thought is that uh, I suppose um, as as the chamber. Um, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but perhaps the traditions are that it's quite um, 
official and, uh, and, 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 and perhaps then the networking activities that are most sort of, um, um, well, active or, or uh, engaged a lot of people is perhaps more in, informal and, uh, and, and, and etc. So, so that's kind of like not a very good thought <laughs> to, to build on, but, uh, but kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if, if there is some room for, for sort of uh, different ways of, of, of activating people uh, or, and, and companies and, and representatives than, than before. Mm. Yes, I think that would be needed. But also, there are already like clubs, uh, like um, meetings uh, for uh, executives of the companies where they can share um, all kinds of uh, their experiences as an executive. Because you know that if you are a CEO of a company, you are quite alone in in your uh, in your position. So it's it's uh, it's very useful to share. Uh, with others, and uh, that's what we already do in the in the Chamber of Commerce. But um, some new ideas are also welcome. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm. Participatory companies to the Helsinki region Chamber of Commerce face some of the most unique challenges in Finland. Um, you know, just naming a couple of um, industries, but uh, say restaurants and IT sectors. Um, have one common factor: uh, they lack employees. Um, not not an answer to the whole phenomenon, but uh, <laughs> what's your view on this? Yeah, well, a lack of skilled labor is is of course one of the most difficult problems to solve in this region. And um, according to the results of a survey of member companies conducted by Finland's Chamber of Commerce Network. Just one week ago, uh, three out of four companies are experiencing a shortage or even a severe shortage of skilled labor. And uh, many of the 1,300 companies that responded to the survey said that the main cause of labor shortages is simply that there are no applicants for open positions or the applicants that do apply do not have the required work experience or qualifications. So um, it seems to be, even if we have a lot of unemployed in the country, we also have a shortage of uh, skilled labor, which is, is kind, of, kind of alarming. <laughs> and, um, well, if you ask for any solutions, I think that... Uh, uh, the answer is first that uh, work-based immigration should be accelerated and it should be much easier for skilled foreign labor and students to enter Finland. And uh, we also need education. Just if we have so many unemployed in the country, uh, we have to... Uh, we, it means that we have to figure out how to give new qualifications and skills to the unemployed. And uh, according to the survey I mentioned, uh, work wo- workforce with a vocational or polytechnic degree are especially in demand. So uh, that would be a sign <laughs> for, uh, for us to uh, think of uh, new ways to educate people, not that they should start 
from the scratch, but kind of build on the experience, skills, qualifications that they already have. Sounds 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 like a good perspective. I'm I've been personally involved with the um, sort of uh, about to graduate international students in in, in Finland and uh, in the Helsinki region or, or newly graduated and uh, and and there's surprisingly uh, some difficulty amongst them to then be landing a relevant role for them and I'm sort of sort of thinking to what extent there is this uh, a sort of a, a skill gap between the companies and then the individuals in terms of um, how to how to on the other hand approach companies and network with relevant people who can link them with companies but on the other hand the companies who are then sort of i'm i'm reading the answer to the question uh, that uh, you know if people are not applying uh, but uh, you know if if one is looking for particularly um you know skilled or ex- experienced person then you know some sort of a um active recruitment um even headhunting you know working in the industry myself um would would entail um yeah no no particular question but i'm um, i'm sort of thinking thinking about these themes how to sort of improve this and uh, and of course alta university has been just last week uh publishing the new course on work culture and uh, and how to apply and get a job in finland for the international students in in the whole of whole of finland so that's i think a positive um example of of trying to help the students then to to land the skills to land a role yeah yeah i think that that's very important uh in normal times we have about 20000 foreign students in finland and uh, since we are talking so much about locking uh the uh people uh, to finland so that they would love to come here uh, why don't we start with the students that are already here and might be already a little bit integrated to our country so uh i think logically it would be the the easiest way to start would be to get these students to stay here but we uh when i last uh, because i have worked for the helsinki region chamber of commerce also earlier and we had this kind of a mentoring program where we had mentors for the students i think that was a good idea but uh i was myself a mentor uh, to one student and uh she was a great uh, i think uh, she was she really was a talent uh could uh, talk uh, both uh french and polish perfectly but did not find a suitable job here because of the lack of perfect finnish she could understand finnish quite well but not to speak so much and i think that it's also a question of attitude uh, from the employers uh, point of view that uh, they should kind of think if uh, knowing perfect finnish or even perfect swedish is really compulsory in order to succeed in a certain position i think you are really hitting hitting the point there um 
in you know working in recruitment industry myself i i suppose the recruiters tend to be kind of like uh at the forefront of this phenomenon and uh, and i think um more and more in the helsinki region people can land relevant jobs without very fluent finish mm-hmm. uh, but uh, i think there's still in a lot of cases when there might not be any kind of like a a, a very much compulsory need for the fluent finish but there's this sort of a accustomed habit of requiring the fluent finish sort of just in case mm-hmm. and um and i suppose when we look at the, the 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 numbers that we've been reading about this year that over the next 10 years we will be needing somewhat 30,000 people into the country new people into the country per year and and we are not i think it's it's quite practical to 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 claim that we cannot expect them to all master perfect finnish or, mm. or swedish by the time they are sort of entering the labor force um i think we are going to be facing this issue more and more that uh, you know uh, can the workplace c- culture be based on on sort of both Finnish and English or, or Swedish and English or more and more English and of course there are some drastic sort of um, sort of uh, questions can be taken out of that but I think already in the IT sector and also in the restaurants you you find many workplaces using English and and it hasn't been an issue for many years mm. Yeah, well, I I think that uh, it's the problem of recruiting the first person who is not uh, speaking uh, Finnish or Swedish. Then I think when you have had the first, then it will be easier. But now it's still for many companies uh, the question of uh, recruiting the first foreigner. <laughs> and and uh, when we get forward with that, then it will be easier. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think my anecdotal yeah. <laughs> experience confirms that that uh, the, the companies there's a massive difference, you know, before and after the first person using using more more of English. Um, these mentioned industries, um, when thinking about then, you know, the more experienced folks, you know, working in in, in the sector, um, you know, restaurants, IT sector, and the other. Um, there's also a lot of companies providing different staffing service services. So you know, be that in you know consultancies in the IT sector, um, or 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 then uh, in in restaurants um, with with different um, staffing um, provision. Um, and again, you know, as mentioned, they are both uh, more open to internationals um, than perhaps some of the other sectors. And um, and and so far there is the, the the dual way there's either or binary way for the matter uh there's either um the gig economy by a, one's own company or then you know working as a consultant for a consultant company and then um communicate uh working for 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 a client or or then setting up a work contract uh with that particular uh company directly Um what's your opinion um should we look at work contracts more flexibly um 
thinking about the opportunities for people to be, um, for the lack of a better expression, but utilizing their skills and potential more efficiently. So, so basically, if if a company hires, uh, say, a, a senior software architect and and really doesn't require the person's services um, for more than, say, 60% of the time. Should there be sort of a more flexible ways of setting up than additional work? Uh, should we re-evaluate the, the, the whole notion of, of work contract? Well, I'm quite sure that uh, entrepreneurship-like work will be more common in the, wor- in the future so that, uh, that people... Uh, sell their skills uh, like an entrepreneur, if, even if they call themselves freelancers or or, or so on. So I, I think this is happening already, and it will be more common in the future. And the traditional contracts will be less. Uh, I think it's already seen in the society quite largely. So. Uh, so what this calls for is also um, something that we start already in the education so that we uh, give entrepreneurship uh, capabilities to students and pupils already. And um, yes, I think I, uh, as an answer to uh, your question, should we look at work contracts more flexibly? Uh, flexibly I think we should. And uh we will. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it was only just last weekend when when I was reading from the Helsinki Sanomat uh, a few examples of of people mm-hmm. who've who've decided to set up their own freelancing practices and they've managed to sort of uh, decrease the time they spent working uh, whilst maintaining or even increasing um, their income. So I think that's a that's a great example of, of, of you know times times ahead. Yes, very many uh, many times when when we talk about this phenomenon, is it seem it seems to be or it is shown to be as negative for the the uh, people who work, but uh, I think that it can also be seen as a versatile way of of. Uh, working and um, it could be also positive as as these three examples that were in the newspaper showed that it can also be like you can be the boss of yourself which very many people find very positive (laughs) very true very true Um, thinking about the near future um, what would you say is your number one or or, or, or or a topic that you look forward to um, contributing and, and leading as the new CEO of the Chamber? Well, first of all, I want to make our more than 7,000 members' voice heard in the cities of the region. And in order to accomplish that, we need to be more proactive than before, uh, actually set the agenda to be discussed in the region concerning traffic, construction, labor shortages, education, etc. Uh, kind of uh, make a picture of what the future in this region should look like in order to be interesting for the companies so that we can get more 
uh, entrepreneurs, small companies to this region and get more money to spend to all all uh, uh, things in, in the city. So uh, the only way to get more taxpayers' money is that we have more companies in the region. And it is astonishing how rarely the themes of how we get more entrepreneurs and companies to the city and help them succeed are discussed in the city councils. Uh, the politicians tend to concentrate rather on how to spend the money and less how to get money to spend. And uh, I think that uh, it would be very, very, uh, um, very important that we uh, really get also the mindset of the companies to, to the politicians so that they understand that uh, what is uh, important uh, in that sense. Very good, very good pointers. I'm sort of thinking it's been a while since we've been reading about the sort of the challenges that Helsinki is facing and the, and the Helsinki region is facing. And, mm. and the challenges tend not to be sort of a, from within per se, but it's more of a, you know, when, you know, we've been talking about skilled labor and, and et cetera, uh, you know, the challenges and the competition comes from other European cities and et cetera. And, and it's, mm. it, it really has been a while since I remember this being talked about uh, in, mm. in the public. And, um, and I'm sort of thinking that uh, um, the agenda that you uh, highlighted, um, the chamber, is able to sort of set and propose um, sounds like a, a good way forward. Yeah, I think that uh, plainly this region should be a good platform, a great platform for companies, and um, it's. Uh, I think it's it's uh, a question of survival for this region, and that's why uh, why I think that. Uh, the task of the uh, the Helsinki Region Chamber of Commerce and and my task will be to make it clear uh, for uh, for the uh, politicians and authorities how this area this region could be made a better uh, platform for that purpose. Very good. I look forward to hearing these um, initiatives and 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 the future agenda. Um, soon. Um, it's it's been very very great to have you on board. Um, is there something else that should be said at this point before we finish? Well, I think uh, I just wish you, Saku, and all the listeners a good uh, autumn. There's still some summer days left, <laughs> and um, well, I will be starting my new position uh, from start of January, so I still have some time to prepare. And if you are a potential uh, member of Helsinki Region Chamber of Commerce, please join us. And if you already are, I would like to hear any comments that uh, you have uh, concerning what I should do in my new position. Great to hear. Have a great autumn indeed. Many thank you, Bia Pakarina, for making it today. Thank you very much.